This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's up? <laughs> special uh, special stuff today. Deadline yeah, and an uh, awesome guest. Absolutely, yeah. We've got Carl Olsner on deck. Uh, Iron Man himself going to join us and break down last week's games along with some trade talk. Um, <clears throat> which will be, this will be a two-part episode. So Monday, you're probably going to get mostly the uh, the caps last week, like in review. And then Thursday will be the, be the um, trade talk, which is why you benefit from watching our live streams. Uh, because you're going to get it all here, sneak preview. But we do have to pay the bills here, so I'd like to let everyone know that basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turn $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game the team of your choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace, so get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, folks, that is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN and thank us later. Thank us later. Polly, I think we should just pop them open and get started. What about you? Yep. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans, we are adding to the stream Carl Alsner, Iron Man himself. Carl, man, how you doing? Thanks a lot for coming on again. You're like a regular. I love it. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, it's fun, especially on a day like today when there's some uh, some stuff to chat about, both in the hockey world and in the golf world. And oh, it's good yeah. good times. Absolutely. So, um, just real quick, I, I want to throw a curveball both you and Polly's way. I'd like to show you a highlight and maybe get uh, Carl's professional breakdown on how this play develops. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah, if I can see it, sure. All right, all right. It should just pop up on your screen. So here we go. <laughs> so, oh, that's amazing. So that's uh, that's number sixty nine uh, and number one in your hearts, hockey troll. It, for everybody who's actually listening, um, thanks to my girlfriend Kayla, who is my number one fan in beer league. As I bury, absolutely bury, far side top corner. Uh, there, what, what did you see on that play, Carl, that made it, made it so easy for me to just walk in and score? 
Well, yeah, the, the clip was cut a little too early. I wanted to see how that developed a little bit more, but I don't know. You, I don't know how you picked up that puck and just started started creating a little space for yourself. But that thing came sizzling off your blade too. Like, <laughs> oh. what curve is that? Um, that thing will cook it. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to. This is embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. That is a Sidney Crosby curve off the shelf oh, of playing oh. again. <laughs> and <laughs> I swear to God, dude, this is how stupid I am. And whenever I get a Sydney, so obviously we live in, in Penguins territory. So uh, yeah. they have these sticks everywhere and they're like 80 bucks, right? So I'm like, oh, I got to get one just because it's a one piece for $80. So me being the stud I am, I always scratch off the Sydney Crosby <laughs> That's amazing. I gotta and, see what that curve looks like. Just one sec. One sec. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Carl's got the actual uh the stick. He's gonna bring it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what your Crosby curve looks like, but I don't think you can make that shot with a blade that's that straight. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. That's that's what the guy uses right there. That is basically how he does it. Dude. That's why his backhands are so good. No doubt. Dude, that's like the stick that you give like mites. Like here, you don't know what hand (laughs) you are? Take this. It's a flat curve. Exactly. I actually used this for a season when I was in Montreal. And I loved it because all of a sudden I thought I was a disher. And I was just passing (laughs) to everybody. But I could not shoot the puck. this This is a true story. I used that stick, and then anytime I had to go out there to kill a penalty, I'd switch to another stick with a bigger curve because I couldn't raise the puck high enough to get it glassed out to dump a puck. <laughs> so I had to switch out. But as soon as that power play or that uh, penalty kill was over, I went back to this one because it was just so much fun to use. So it's kind of neat, actually. Incredible. Is, that, is yours a big curve? Did, is that uh, you have a pretty big curve? I would say it's a, and I wish I had it. It's in my car, but it's it's basically like a real subtle mid 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 curve mid curve no heel okay you know no twist just a real subtle mid curve so a lot nice. probably like the old school madonna curves off the shelf um yeah. back in the day uh yeah so, yeah um, that's funny <laughs> that's crazy yeah well, uh, you know i will have to say on that play he walked about three guys so <laughs> it was it was a nice play a nice snipe Whenever I see these videos, I just I see how slow we are. Like, oh my god! Uh, there's a video of a goal I scored like a year ago that one of the guys put in the chat, and I'm just like, "Are we really that bad?" Yes, the answer is yes. We are that bad, um, and it really That's gives cool. you an appreciation because that is probably exactly the level of where an NHL game gets filmed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I, I went coast to coast. We'll just say I went coast to coast, dangled like three guys in the neutral zone. And then that last guy just got around and saw, saw the net, um, head down the whole time, you know, <laughs> head down the whole time, just a last little peek at the net. Um, and, and I will say I did see the net. All right. Oh, oh, wait, here's the curve. Here's the curve. <laughs> here's the curve here. Um, oh shit. All right, here we go. Yeah, so it's like, can you see that? Yeah. Okay, it's similar. It's got a little more to it, but it's similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I Cur- mean, that right-handed right-handed curves always look bigger to a lefty, and vice versa. That's right. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
That's, that's pretty uh, funny, though. I was wondering how you got there. That, that's did you? I was wondering if you dangled that guy in front of you, or if the puck was just bobbling and you ended up free there. But you, you went through him. Nice, good job. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, this, yeah. This, all hands, baby, all hands. You know, he does that a lot. It's just rare that he actually scores the goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's beer. League, all Swedish, so. no finish. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's beer league, right? So if you're not if you're not aiming for the crossbar, like what are you really doing? <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you score more goals probably if you just slid them along the ice. Do the goalies want to go down? Uh, you know what? Actually, I will say this: the goalies in our league are pretty damn good. Uh, from uh, yeah. yeah, so they're they're pretty uh, on point. Actually, Grant Van Lahr, who is Wheeling's old uh, equipment manager, plays in our league, and uh, he he put, he worked for the Calgary Flames as an equipment guy. I think he's actually starting a podcast here soon. So shout out Grant, but. Uh, He's an old uh, ECHL kind of level uh, talent, I'd say. Uh, he dressed for the Nailers a couple times. It's like a e-bug type emergency backup. So, oh sweet. So yeah, yeah you guys got some got some players there. Well, I will tell you this: this was information that I'm pretty sure it was uh, Patrick Kane gave to Jack Eichel, and it was stop always shooting high, start shooting lower because you have a better chance of scoring. There's oh more, yeah, more hole. Yeah, and so I mean I. I heard that like my last year, last two years that I was playing. So I was like, damn, I wish I would have uh, maybe thought about that. Because every time I got a chance to break in, and there were few, but every time I did, I tried to go top corner. And every time I put just too much on it, and I'd go sailing over the net. That sounds very familiar, to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> we all have it. Everyone wants to go cheese. Feels that, better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say, like, when the puck went in the back of the net for this one, it was, uh, like, it hit the corner twine and just, like, bounced straight out. Like, I felt pretty I felt pretty good. And uh, the celly was ridiculous, too. I just went like this. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Feels good to score. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've got I filled my quota for the year, basically, um, from the back <laughs> Good end. Good for you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So yeah. Uh, but moving on, a little bit of masters talk just to just to start us off too. Uh, and and I keep I forgot the name. We just said it. Uh, who won? Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. First ever Japanese born player to win the Masters. Unbelievable. He's uh, he's kind of been sniffing around for for years. Just, just a solid player, but hasn't really uh, hasn't really figured it out. But he's a, a ball striking wizard, and he he showed it. It was so much fun to watch. You could just tell he's, I don't know. It seemed like he was extremely happy, but also kind of like almost embarrassed in a way. You know, just the the polite Japanese culture. It just was like happy to be there, but didn't really know what to do to celebrate. And, I don't right. know, it was it was wicked. I like so excited to see what he serves at his master's dinner next year. That's gonna be that's gonna be quite the menu, I'm sure. But it was oh, yeah. it was a fun tournament to watch. We had a Canadian that was in the running for a lot of it. Jordan Speed's one of my favorite golfers and it's fun to see that he's he's back on track and and a little bit of heartbreak for Xander Shoffley once again. So it was it was a tournament. <laughs> it was a fun one to watch. It's yeah, an excuse absolutely. for me to sit on the couch for two days straight to watch the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've got to get more into into watching. Like, I found I found myself watching like on my spare time, and uh, it's I you just get kind of like zoned out into it, and it's so impressive because like you know obviously I've been golfing quite a lot this season, and uh, I have just been 
terrible on approach shots. Like I can't get my, my wedges dialed in cause I got three new ones. Well, new to me. Um, my boss sent me uh, a couple. So I, I just, I've been used to just having a pitching wedge and a sand wedge and I was pretty dialed in by the end of last season, but now I'm kind of like trying to figure these lighter, uh, lighter wedges out with different angles, right? So I've got a 60, uh, 56 and a 52. And the first, embarrassingly, the first time I went out, I was like, oh, okay, the 52, that's like my sand wedge, right? So I'm like in the bunker, like trying to shoot that thing out, like hitting it like 50 yards over the green. I'm like, what is going on? And then my buddy was like, you're an idiot. First of all, uh, the pitching, that's your pitching wedge. Like that should be like, you know, at least a hundred yards for you. And I'm like, Oh, that's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. There you go. Uh, good skill though, to be able to hit out of the bunker with a pitching wedge. Oh, that's thanks. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it all was, was skill. Yeah. Maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe a little luck mostly mixed yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> that's amazing though. Absolutely, man. Have you been out? Have you been, you, you golf? I know you said your son was going to go out. Yeah, I was actually at the range earlier today. I went to go pick up uh, – uh, there's quite a few courses around here, but because of COVID, everything is just swamped and sold out. And I managed to weasel into this one course to get a few um, passes. So I went and picked them up today and just hit a few balls, but we're still hitting off mats. So it's uh, it's just a little little different than what I was hoping to go out and practice today. But then, yeah, just before we got on, I got an email from the course right by – right by the house um, and they have a, it's called swing like a kid. So you can have, it's from ages five to 12 and you get uh, free access to their course uh, to play the course, the range, you get a free lesson and then the parents get uh, a cheaper, cheaper round if they want to go play too. So nice secretly, secretly I did it for me, but <laughs> it's going to benefit him as well because it's on the way home to and from his school. So I'll pick him up at school and then, we'll just come by and play whatever we can get in nine holes or hit some balls at the range. So I've been out, I've only actually played, uh, played once hit, hit the range two or three times and, and hit the net a couple times in my backyard, but that's about it. Or weather's just starting to get warm enough to feel comfortable out there. So I'll be out. Uh, I think I'm hoping this Sunday we'll see if I can get out there. Nice. Good luck, man. I hope you hit him straight. Yeah. I knock the rust off at least. Right. Oh yeah. There's going to be some <laughs> rust. That's for sure. That's all right, though. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's get into the uh, Boston wraparound, huh? Yeah. All right, so um, just real quick, there's a little bit of brief league news. um, Some on suspensions. Uh, Predators Michael McCarron suspended two games for an illegal check. Uh, to the head on Tampa's Yanni Gord. I didn't get to see this uh, replay. Did you, Polly or Carl? I didn't see the replay. I know Big Mac pretty good, though. He's a huge body, so I'm not surprised he hits some people in the head every now and then. Right, right. So probably warranted. But what kills me is Ryan Reeves, not suspended or penalized for that high elbow head contact on Arizona's Jordan Gross. Gross is currently listed as questionable for tonight's game. Um, you know, that's a guy with a history, too. You would think that, I mean, if it was Tom Wilson, they'd be crucifying him on the mall, I'd say. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that'd be like death by a thousand cuts for Tom Wilson. But uh, I guess Ryan Reeves gets a, gets a free pass because he's kept, you know, he's, he's kept his nose clean for about a year. 
don't know. I, I, because I'm on Tom's side. <laughs> of course, I, of course, I go after other guys. But what I what I have noticed about him is, for the most part, he he keeps it fairly clean. But I will say, a couple of his hits that I've seen recently, he's been launching himself into guys. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just uh, you know the way the game's going or whatever. He feels like uh, feels like he's trying to add a little bit of I don't know, extra life into it. But either way, he's been. I feel like he's been maybe leaving his feet a little bit. He's already pretty big, so I don't think he needs to be doing that. Right. I agree. And, you know, I think that maybe there's a little bit of pressure on him probably to stay in the lineup as well because I don't think he's a regular player in Vegas. Right, Paulie? Well, he's definitely not a regular contributor. Right. Um, I mean, when I saw this hit, I thought it's kind of like Tom Wilson being bigger. Sometimes it's kind of hard to avoid making that high contact. But really, you know, when I said, when I put that in the outline that it's surprising is exactly what you said. If it was Tom Wilson, it would have been, you know, disciplined. So, I I mean, just the way they've been calling it in the uh, player safety department, I'm really surprised. And it it might be dirty, but it really just seemed kind of iffy because he's such a big guy. Yeah. And – Carl, I mean, I know that it's probably a little taboo as a player when you're a player, you know, uh, to bash too much on the uh, department of player safety. But, I mean, were the internal conversations like in the locker room, like what in the hell is going on or kind of just take them as they come and continue to play? I mean, obviously, but. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much what it is. There's nothing you can, not much you can do about it after the fact. Um but you're all, you're always on your teammate's side, you know. Like it doesn't matter what happens, you know. You can see if it's a bad hit or whatever. But you you always think that they should be a little bit more lenient than than they are. And then it's the other other way around if you're on the other team. But I don't know. I I just I just watch both those hits. The um, the Reeves one. I mean, I think he was trying to square him up, and that that was a that was maybe a him being bigger. Uh, yeah. than the other guy but why it ended up the way it was the the big mac mccarran one he i think it was just a bad timing on his hit he was trying to trying to come across to to uh to line the guy up and just barely got him and like i said i think he's six six he's a huge kid and yeah. so he just just hit him in the wrong spot but uh, i understand what they're doing it's tough you just hope that you, you wish that guys were were as honest honest as possible on the hits and that other players were paying close attention to what they're doing out there too, you know, and so many guys are skating around with their heads down now and it's because they can, they they don't get, don't get hit as much. So, I mean, when, when it happens to you and your team, you you just complain about it in the room. (laughs) That's pretty much all you can do. (laughs) It's not going to make any difference. You hope that they can appeal it and get some games off so the guy can get, uh, get some of his contract back. Like I think what happened with Tom on his last big one, but otherwise you just take it and go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, after the game last night, they were talking about how um, they like, well, pretty much everybody, but Alan may, they were talking about how they like to see the more skilled guys and how the game has evolved. And I think it is nice to see like prettier plays out on the ice, but because of that, that's why the guys are, you know, they've grown up in a less aggressive game. So they're skating with their head down more. And it's kind of like a snowball effect. Even if they try to take this out of the game, 
it's going to happen because the game's so fast. And if you have your head down, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you don't, you don't have to be a big guy to lay a big hit either. You know, right. you just have to time it and you can have speed and you can, and you can absolutely lay one out like Jordan Tutu. He, when he played, he was, he's five, five, nine or whatever he is, five ten, but he was an absolute cannonball because yeah. he could time it and, and he was, he was quick. And so you can still find, you can still find a way to hit guys and hit them clean and all that. And I love, don't get me wrong. So the skill game is, is beautiful to watch and, it's the way the league is now, but everybody loves seeing a big hit and right. pretty much everybody loves seeing a little scuffle or some sort of fight. Like nobody leaves the building or goes to grab a, grab a beer when a fight's going on. They want to watch it and see what's going on. So I, I don't know. I'd like to see, I wish that you could just have a good mix of it all, but yeah. it doesn't seem like uh, violence is, is high on too many people's priority lists right now. So it's too bad. I would love to see Tom be out there throwing the body more, but I get it now too. With him, he's he's got to be so careful. You know, it, it is what it is. Let's watch the highlights of the of the nice goals. But I want to see Don Cherry throwing a couple uh, bolangos every now and then on his <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em videos too, not just goals all the time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, uh, to to everybody's point though, it's like, I do you? So I've heard that they've and on the youth level obviously they've dialed back hitting until you're like a bantam um which is getting into high school right so bantam is like early stages of high school you think it's yeah like 13 or 14 yeah and um i don't know man i mean if i were to i guess if you were to start hitting at that point it'd be a little different i get that the emphasis is on skill and that's why they're their justification for it. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I grew up when, you know, I was like 12 when I started playing ice hockey and I could, you know, I was, you know, a bender. Right. And <laughs> I mean, I was targeted every, every which way. Cause like I couldn't, I mean, it was obvious. Like I was in a newer player. So it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to hit that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I get that though. I coming when I, when I go back and think about it, I had a buddy who was, He's not very big, but super fast and would lay guys out all the time. And if I think about it now, as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, like laying guys out, you don't really need that at that age. Like at, at, let, let everybody develop and don't, they don't, you don't want them to be scared out there. And, and then once you get bigger and you feel a little bit more confident and stuff, then, you know, then start introducing. I think that's fine. It's enough time to learn how to hit and take a hit. Um, you know, it's something you can always still practice in practice, you can, right. you can still learn how to, how to receive a hit and, and be aware of that. But, um, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm really aware now of, of head stuff that can go on and you don't want to start it at a young age. If it, like, like you said, if you're a young guy, who's not, who's kind of just introduced to the game, you got a guy that's been playing for eight years already right. flying around out there, just, just leveling guys. I mean, it's kind of an unfair advantage to the guy that can hit versus the guy that can barely get around the ice. So I'm all for them not really hitting at a young age, but when you get older, I think that's part of the game. It's, it's absolutely part of the game. You want to be a big team and create space for your guys and have a little bit of an intimidation factor. Team winning teams are built on that. So don't take it away from, from the game in my opinion, but at a young age, I'm okay with being careful. Fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. If the, uh, if the NHL is serious about, taking these checks out of the game and and protecting people's heads and stuff. I really hope they don't put any of these 
questionable or disciplined hits in any of their highlight videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's just straight hypocrisy there. Yeah, it's true. Oh, it's true. Yeah, don't put any hits then in any of the highlight videos if you're so worried about it. I, I, it's a good point, and I think they I think they know what what sells though. <laughs> yeah, and right. we're we're a fast, hard, hard hitting sport, and it's kind of our mo. And every now and then you're going to have some collateral damage, but I don't know. I've I've always like I'm no football expert, but I've always been of the opinion that if you want less headshots in, uh, in football, for example, have some smaller pads, same thing in hockey. I, I believe in that as well. Like these, the pads that some of these guys wear are huge they make, they make a, a guy, small guy turn into all of a sudden this big bruiser looking fella and it just take away some of that gear and guys will think twice about running around out there and that that's my opinion I, I never wore big shoulder pads i wore little ones so i wasn't going to run out there and absolutely line somebody up because i knew probably i'm probably going to mess up my shoulders if i do that so <laughs> yeah it, it's, it makes you think twice about it too but i understand they want to protect players bodies as well so where do you where do you start where do you draw the line where do you begin begin this conversation i'm not i don't know that's why i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah that could be a whole podcast in itself for sure but, uh, yeah, you know, move, moving on, Brennan Gallagher out indefinitely um, after he broke his right thumb in a 3-2 overtime win against the Oilers. That's tough. He's had some injury woes uh, recently. And then we've got Blake Wheeler out indefinitely with cu- concussion-like sy- symptoms. Those are both big pieces to their team. So uh, definitely going to be mm-hmm. interesting in that Northern Division, which is basically a gong show at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's scoring and doing whatever they want. And it's just been a... Uh, a crazy division so far. Um, so I don't know any, any commentary on that there, Polly. Uh, I just hate that it's a thing because Austin Matthews is going to run away with the Richard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and McDavid's like a hundred points already. It seems like it's yeah. lighting it up. Imagine if the, the North had an 82 game season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, mm. we'd be seeing records probably, or yeah. at least, Scoring titles uh, that we haven't seen for sure, at least numbers in the past ten years. Yeah, it's insane. I'm absolutely crazy that that division is just run and gun. It seems like right now. So, not surprised that they're putting up those numbers. I think McDavid would do it no matter what. I, he's just that good. Matthews yeah. probably probably would still be pretty close to that, but who knows? But yeah, that's um, in terms of Gallagher. That's his third broken hand now that he's had I, i'm not sure if he's had surgery on all of them two for sure but um yeah it's pretty brutal i was talking to him about it the other day and he said it's just he doesn't know what's going on why is it always his hand that seems to seems to take the brunt of it and his it's his strong hand so it's his bathroom hand so oh. i was giving him recommendations of getting the day or something like that to help him out because that's that's painful (laughs) speaking of which i got a bidet and i love it uh do you have one carl yeah i have the tushy do you have the tushy no i have uh the butt buddy it's just cold water okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got the tushy they're pretty good yeah uh, they do the trick yeah um it's uh i i want to say i'm saving toilet paper i don't know i don't know really probably yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, yeah. Paul, oh, you got to sure, get yeah. one, man. You got to get one. Join yeah. the club. Join. I've used one once in a hotel, and it was the best bathroom experience I've ever had. 
So <laughs> I do need one because it's just just more comfortable and more sanitary. I I think I need to look into get one. Yeah, and you're a big look, sanitary guy. Like you love you love being clean. So yeah, I'll I'll say this: the the one that that we have their ad says that if you got if you uh, what was it that they said <laughs> if something along the lines of if you touch something gross you wouldn't just go and rinse your hand off or what was it i got to i got to look it up cuz i don't want to ruin their ad for everybody and, and make them sound worse than they than than well make them sound bad yeah. i'll i'll find it i'll find it at some point i'll text it to you and you can you can go off on it but i i'm a i'm a big believer in it and this is a this is actually really funny so anytime we flew into play montreal we stayed at the hotel there and all of their bathrooms had they had the bidet. They had the the air. They had a warm seat. It was like Ooh. it was luxurious, and you <laughs> knew every single guy that got to that room. Like for the next fifteen twenty minutes, they were going straight to the bathroom. <laughs> they were sitting on that heated seat, you know, scrolling or yeah. crosswording whatever they were going to do, and just just relax <laughs> on this toilet. And every, as soon as we met up with everybody, every first thing was how great is that bathroom? It's just, yeah. it seems so weird. Anyone who's never used a bidet is probably thinking we're ridiculous, but it's uh, it's a game changer, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, anyone who, who hasn't used a, a bidet yet, it's, it's a, a plebeian at best. So, you know, up your game, up your poop game. <laughs> hey, I figured it out. They said, if you got, if you got dog poop on your hand, yeah. you wouldn't just go and grab a paper towel and wipe it off. You okay. would rinse it off. Right. So yeah. why wouldn't you do that with your butt? That's what it was. All right. That, that's, that's a very good point. That is true. Yeah. It is very true. You know, and I've, true. I've broken my strong slash bathroom hand before. Uh, we told you about it when I punched the glass. Throwing a fit. <laughs> Throwing a fit. I'll tell you, I, I feel his pain. It is a big adjustment. <laughs> yes, it is a big adjustment. That and brushing your teeth with your other hand, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brutal. I mean, yeah. even like turning on your car, you got to use the left hand to get the key. Yep. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Something we take for granted, right? Yeah, Not broken bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So four six uh, at New York in in on the island, uh, seven p.m. Uh, Vitek and Net uh, Verona back in the lineup, but we biffed this game. Uh, and lost by one. Now, I thought it was a competitive game, and the Islanders had a pretty fortunate bounce there. You know, Vitek, who stood tall all night, coughs up somewhat of a tricky rebound uh, for him, on a tricky shot at least, and it gets hammered home. I mean, I thought that that was a good game, that just the bounce just did not go our way uh, there at the end, man. I mean, Carl, what did you think? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a playoff style of game you know that's how you so you win those games and lose those games right there just a puck ending up in the right spot wrong time whatever whatever way whichever team you're on um and that's that's just the unfortunate thing but but vtex looked pretty good i thought he's um definitely making a very strong case for himself um and and those are the types of games that you you need your goalie to keep you in and he did that it was just too bad that it went the wrong way but you got to feel pretty pretty good that a team that is maybe considered more of an offensive team in Washington playing with a defensive team in the Islanders and being able to hang with them in that style of game is, is good. You know, it, it being able to play 
couple different styles of hockey and uh, be competitive in those games is is a bright point, I think. So, yeah, not a bad game. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes down to a coin flip, you just kind of take that and move on. Uh, I think at this point, we I think we were under the Islanders for a split second here. Um, yeah, I think we were tied going into the game. Yeah. Or this tied it. It was, yeah. it was close, though. You know, I think Varlamov played two nights in a row. Oh, wow. And um, if, if I remember correctly, because, I mean, Trotz, I, I don't think he's ever going to sit Varlamov against the Capitals unless he's hurt. Because, I mean, he wants to win those games. Sure. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, oh, go ahead. What's I was going to say, what the after that game, what... Um, the record against the Islanders is that the only the only team in the division that they have a losing record against? Uh, the Penguins and the Penguins, yeah, two, three, and oh, one. Been... Yeah, and, oh, and, and they... I think also the Rangers, who have had our number all year, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that I, I have the notes. I don't have them with me here, but they, uh, yeah, they've been pretty good against. Against all the uh, well, obviously good against the teams that are below them in the standings, but all the ones that are right there, the the the, the record is. I mean, it just goes to show you that the, the playoff series between these top four teams is going to be it's going to be tight. Like, no one's running away with this this division, regardless of what the the standings say right now. And that's uh, it's kind of it's a good thing for for watching hockey, but it's a scary thing for the the teams that finish one two. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of advantage right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it is if the Penguins and the Islanders can match up in the first round and then we can get whoever is fourth, if, if the Caps can stay first, I think that the, uh, you know, I think that it would give them the slight edge, at least. I mean, it's going to be a challenge, like you said, either way, but if, if the Caps can retain that first spot, it's going to be really important or somewhat important, at least, you know, um, because, mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to see the Islanders, and I definitely don't want to see the uh, the Penguins, right? Yeah. In the first round, at least. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good thing the, the Capitals are at least winning the games that they should win. It's true. Because if they were struggling with the bottom half of the division, like we are with the top four, we wouldn't even be looking at the playoffs, probably. Right. Yeah, we're, I mean, I think that we're handling the – we're winning the games that we should. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is kind of either a, a coin toss or, you know, later in this, later in the episode, we'll talk about our most recent game against Boston. But, um, moving on, speaking of Boston, the, uh, on 4-8, they, they came out and, and beat us 4-2. to two. Polly, I think you did the outline for this. You want to, you want to take us through it? Uh, yeah. Let me make sure I can read it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was a, a tough start. The Bruins, Got an early trickler in the first minute. I really felt like that was just a lucky bounce there. Um, and then the Caps took the first two penalties. The Bruins were really just dominating from the very beginning. The The Caps just looked like they were running around chasing. Um, then Boston gets a second goal on a ridiculous bounce off the... What, is, what are the metal dividers called? Like in the, the stanchion? Yeah, the stanchion. Like... Uh, I don't even know who the defenseman was. Maybe Dylan. Schultz. Thank you. Schultz. Oh, Schultz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trying to wrap it around the boards, and it just went right to the back door, tap in. I mean, the first two goals really were just bad luck, good luck for Boston. Um, and then the Caps let up a shorthanded goal to Marshawn, 
or Marchand. That was that was really nice. That was a <laughs> that was a very good very good effort. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he beat Carlson. Ovi went over to take him away, and he beats Ovi. And I think Samsonov was expecting the pass, and he beat him too. So it was really just a beautiful goal. Um, fin- uh, finally, Ovi gets the caps on the board on a five-on-three penalty, and then Oshi gets another one, still five-on-three. Or maybe it was five-on-four at this point. There were a lot of penalties right there in a row, and it, it looked like the Caps were going to make a run at it. But they didn't. Uh, Oshi, he got cut open, no call. I don't know how they missed that one. Yeah, um, nice stick. I mean, he pile. was bleeding on the ice. Right. I mean, I, I don't get it. Um, Hathaway fought the rat and they both got into the box. I mean, it was just pre face off, just like jousting for position and Marshawn with a nice little slash. Uh, I was, I was happy to see Hathaway fight him. I don't think enough people fight him. I I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if he got fought more, people would, uh, or he would calm him down. I don't know. I think he just feeds off of it. Yeah, probably not. He probably likes it. He probably invites it. I mean, and you know what? Marshawn's a, a, a smaller player and I really like his game. I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah. And you know, just the antics are insane. Like him licking people was just so hilarious to me. Just ridiculous though. I mean, what's it like playing against that guy? I mean, is he constantly just chirping? Like, is he silent and just takes like these ridiculous cheap shots at you that just like throw you over the edge or like, what is it? <laughs> I'm going to say the licking is not hilarious. That's cruel. <laughs> that, that's too far. In my opinion. But, but some of the stuff he does is, uh, I don't know. Uh, some of the stuff, I guess, is kind of funny. But he's just um, he's just sneaky, sneaky, like uh, kind of sneaky dirty, I guess. Like in a, in a hit, he'll, he'll give you a little slew foot or maybe a little extra knee or find a way to get, give you a jab when he can or just, you know, as he's skating by, throw a shoulder in. So a lot of guys do that. He does it maybe a little bit more than other guys. But the problem is – is that he's so good, he can back it up. Right. And, you know, when you try and trip him or whatever, he, he can throw out, you know, I'm one of the best players in the league, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't get too many of the best players in the league that are, you know, as uh, as into that side of the game as he is. So, um, look, he, he's great at what he does. He's, he's a pain in the butt to play against. I, I spend way too much time trying to find an opportunity to – to hurt him that when, and I think a lot of guys do that and that's when he ends up making you pay. So, um, that was a, it was a heck of a goal. And I mean, not surprised that, that he, that he scored one like that, but yeah, he's, he's a little, he's a turd for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's, it's nice to know that you, uh, feel the same way the fans do. So it's, it's, uh, validated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's doing a great job of his job. And that's and that's it. But that was awesome for Hathaway to take him take him into the box there. That's a good trade off for good trade off for the Caps. So you do that if you can do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and just to to sum up the game, the Caps got dominated. I mean, I, I think uh, luckily the next Boston game went the other way. But uh, I really just it looked like the Caps were you know three speeds behind the Bruins the entire game. Yeah. Uh, pretty uninspired effort, but you know, you'll have that. I think uh, just it's been a, a lot of road trips for the Caps lately, so 
that's got to wear you down a little bit. Um, though the the shining spot, I guess, is Ov after that game. Now second all time in power play goals of two hundred and sixty six. That's an incredible feat, no doubt. Um, but then we then we rolled into uh, and that that was at home, so a bit of a home like a quick break uh, didn't do well, and I think it showed. Everybody was kind of chilling. I think at that point, but we go to Buffalo uh, on the ninth and we beat him. And I, I forget the score to this, but I mean, it's not really worth discussing d- diving too deep into because I feel like this is again, kind of a cupcake game. Um, you know, where we've won every game against Buffalo, except for an overtime loss. Yeah. So, you know, good, good to see again, caps winning the games that they should. And then let's just skip that one. Kind of, unless, well, unless you have something to say. Well, that uh, that offside call was ticky tacky. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that was Ovi's mm. goal. I think oh, Ovi yeah. got a piece of it. Yeah, yeah that was frustrating. Like a, yeah. More His reaction was like he got a piece of it at least. Yeah. <laughs> he was chiseling it. Yeah, and he's only like four or five away from the next spot on the list. So everyone matters. It was uh, definitely frustrating. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, you know what? It was uh, it was actually Brad Marchand, I think, who said that uh, all this video replay and stuff is he, he thinks ruining the game. It's too much. Uh, takes too much time to do all these replays and just let the refs do their job. You know, it's like you're calling them out every single time you you review it. I mean, the game happens fa- like don't even have them on the ice. Then just just right. do all the refereeing via, via video. If if that's the way, if that's the way you want to do, I. I mean, I think that uh, just just let them do their job. But yeah, it was it was too bad. It's, it was so close, but it did look like uh, I mean, it was offside according to the rules. So right. it is what it is. But it would be nice for him to have uh, as soon as he got that. I'm like so funny now. I turn on my turn on the app and check what the scores are, and right away I go straight to the game and make sure see if I if Obi's got another goal because yeah. I want him to I want him to break those records so bad, but. If he, if he, well, when he gets to this power play one, it's going to be unfortunate because that's one of the best, uh, that's one of the best trivia questions to ask people is who's got the most power play goals in NHL history? No one ever guessed Dave Anderchuk. Like, right. he was a heck of a player, but no one, no one ever assumes him. They go with, uh, obviously, a Gretzky or a Lemieux or Yager. They go with someone like that. So this is, it's going to be too bad. So the question's going to have to be who's got the second most yeah. power play goals in NHL history to mess with people. I think he's what uh, ten away from it now, maybe Somewhere less. Like that, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's close. Crazy man, crazy. Um, well, and and okay, so let's let's move on to an awesome little end of the week. Um, a big win, man! Awesome yeah. win. It's great to see the Caps explode like that. Eight one. You know, we are looking at a depleted Boston Bruins blue line, right? I mean, they've got like four of their top six out. But this is what you want to see. Like, uh, and speaking of Ovi, he only got one assist on there. I mean, what's he yeah. doing? Out How's there, that you know? happen? <laughs> I know, <laughs> but oh, that's uh, too bad. Yeah, but uh, I mean, honestly, like, so great to see uh, the Caps finally break out from up and down the lineup. You know, Doubter got one. I mean, what a rocket that was! That's a laser for sure, barring in. Uh, he looked super surprised to even score that. Um, <laughs> you know, awesome to see. 
And you look uh, like you in your video that you showed us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <Right? laughs> yeah, he I'll did the uh, he did the Orlov face. Maybe that'll catch on. Yeah, the, the Orlov like, when, <laughs> yeah. when he won that in overtime, just like the shrug, like oh yeah, nice. Um, and I think this is really just basically domination. I mean, when we went up like four or nothing, I actually didn't get to see the whole game because of you know I was I was lighting it up in beer league. Yeah. But uh, uh, and just so you know, Carl. All three, we we scored three goals. Polly had one that wasn't caught, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I had one, and then one of our forwards had one. So all the scoring from the back end there, uh, but we still lost like what eleven to three. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad show. All right, beer yeah. league teams in a bit of ter- turmoil right now. Um, we need to get coached up, I think, a little bit. But uh, but yeah, so. Honestly, an eight eight one win. That's amazing. Uh, it, the the boys have to be feeling good. Yeah, that's huge. You need you need that against against Boston, especially. It feels good. And yeah, like you said, their blue line's struggling right now. So this is, I think, what they were probably hoping to try and do to them that other game when they lost, and they just you know they were sleeping a little bit. So it was nice, and also to see Lars Eller get a couple goals too, and yeah. you know he's going to be a huge part of this team. Um, going forward and into the playoffs. So it's nice to get a little something out of him. And my boy Osh getting on the board too. Love seeing that. Always yep. happy when uh, when he scores too. So it's, uh, it was good. It's nice to see 8-1. It uh, makes you feel like you don't really have to do a whole lot going into the trade deadline. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's that's the way it felt. But right. obviously you know yeah. things happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that shortly. But um, I mean, what – when when you blow out a team like that, I mean, is it especially after the week? You know, I mean, take me through the emotions here. Like, are there are I I don't believe that anybody's resting on their laurels, but I feel like this kind of validates everything throughout the season at this point. Like, we are you know the the boys have to be thinking like we are contenders, like we have a shot at this, like you know everything that we've been working for is is paid off here, right? I mean. Yeah, well, this is – it was interesting because they hadn't been going on – they hadn't been streaking like they were a little bit earlier, right? There there was a couple losses mixed in there, so it was a bit tough to uh, – maybe tough to stomach seeing that, and you're used to winning games. So once you do finally get back and, and absolutely shellack a team, it feels really good. Like you're, you're pretty happy. You're pretty happy after that. It gives you some confidence. But at the same time, they're playing teams that are all – no, they don't care that you just beat a team a one. Really, they're gonna they're gonna come out and try and do the same thing to you. So it's you you can't get too too confident. But like you said, they had they've had a tough schedule. They've been on the road a ton. They're at home for a game and then back on the road the next night. It's it's um, you wanna you wanna finish as strong as you can on the road. So that that was nice to see. But um, they still have quite a long road ahead of them. And we we. Uh, I remember when I was there, we went through a stretch where we won something like six or seven games in a row, scoring at least six goals every single game and not not allowing more than one or maybe two in one of the games. And it's just like, if you can string a few of those together, so if they if they bounce back and win a game, another big game, a pretty big game, that's how you can really start to develop some confidence and get on a roll here. And so it could, it could end up being, could end up being a really good thing, but you know, it also could end up uh, not really amounting to anything, just an eight-one win. Right, right, yeah, and and I mean, fair enough, fair enough. It's, I, I think that this gives a momentum rolling in. I mean, we went five hundred on this on this week, so two and two. 
uh, capped off by an incredible, incredible like eight one win. So hopefully we can carry that momentum. But like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't ask you know like how you won them, just how many did you win, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but we'll see. I mean, eight one is still great. Either way you slice it, you're happy with an eight one win. Guys are guys are feeling good about themselves. So yeah, keep even- it going. Even if the the blue line is depleted, they held the perfection line to zero points. So, I mean, that's still, you know, first of all, everyone's NHL caliber, even if they're not regulars. So, I mean, it's definitely not like an asterisk next to the win. Right. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> so, we, I predicted a 4-0 week, uh, as I generally do, uh, and... Uh, uh, Polly had a, had us at three and one. So uh, Polly again wins this uh, this prediction battle. What do you have our next week's games, Polly? Yeah. So uh, Tuesday the thirteenth at home against Philly. Thursday the fifteenth at home against Buffalo, and then at Philly on Saturday the seventeenth, and at Boston on the eighteenth Sunday. The weekend games are both matinee, Ooh. 12.30 and noon. So, Carl, tell us why the Caps are bad at matinee games. What is the <laughs> <laughs> The exact reason, I don't know. They're just a little sleepy, but it hasn't been, hasn't been great uh, so far this year. And, I mean, some, some guys really love those games. I, I personally love those games, like to just wake up and play and, and know that I have the rest of the day after the game. It's something about it. It's... Gives you less time to think about it, things during the day. You can just you can just play. But that being said, it throws guys' routines off, and and they don't quite get their motor running. And some teams don't do good with without having their normal meetings in the morning and and uh, going through what they what they normally go through. But I don't know. I, older team, maybe <laughs> older team does it doesn't seem to uh, get the engines going uh, at that time. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure what it is, but. I'm I'm all for the if I was a coach and we had a had a game like that or we were struggling in the first periods first thing that I would do is is I would tell the team that you every single puck you get is going in deep and you finish every single check everything is full pressure right now same thing in the D zone you you're getting the puck and we're just going everything is just going to move forward don't worry about you know, making the tic-tac-toe plays, no turnovers at the blue lines. And that way you can get yourself into the game a little bit more. I think that helps. I know that, I know that when we've struggled in the past with a, with a team or had a bad period, you switch. So you test, so just to go on a bit of a, a, a coaching spree here, I guess you could say, yeah, yeah. you say, say you have your, your four check off of a center ice face off. It's a, it's a one, two, two. So you got one guy pressuring, trying to split the D and then you got your two guys, you know, kind of just shifting in the middle. If you have a bad first period and the other team's taking it to you, you switch to a 2-1-2. So two guys are pressuring the D. You got one guy hanging out in the middle, and then your two D are back. You want to do that because you want to create pressure. Right. So that just kind of gets guys going a little bit more. It doesn't get, give the other team an opportunity to to think as much or get into position. And so that that's that's always been my philosophy is – if you're struggling or having a hard time getting going is just turn everything into pressure, less thinking, you know, there's no time to think anyways in the game, how fast it is right now. So just, just get things buzzing that way. But the caps are kind of a team that has a lot of skill and <laughs> they want to make plays and they probably don't want to dump it in as much, 
But right. the Boudreaux, Bruce Boudreaux has been saying it a bunch on, on the games he's done is, is he thinks the caps are the best when they just get pucks deep and, and hammer away. So I think that should be the, should be the game plan, but I'm not the coach and I never will be an NHL coach. So <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> well, I you mean, never know. You're still young. Yeah. Right. No, you can, no, no, no. <laughs> it won't be for me. That's not, that's, that's not my forte. I don't like it. I don't have the heart to tell guys that they're bad or they're not doing good. It's not, I could maybe be a buddy, buddy, assistant coach or something like that, but not, uh, I could never be a, a head coach. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah. So I'm thinking we go four and oh next week. What about you, Paul? Uh, I'm going to stick with my typical three and one, but three, o, three, Oh, and one, we're going to take it to overtime. Okay. Take the OTL. Uh, Carl, you, do you, do you care to throw your hat into this, uh, zero, zero sum game here? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. I was, th- I was leaning towards three and one as well. Um, I think there's something that could happen in there, but I feel pretty confident. I mean, these are games that they need to win. Like we've, we've they they got to get these wins. So um, I would say let's go three and one straight up. No over, no no uh, no overtime losses. I think it's just going to be three and one. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll we'll revisit that next week and we'll tag you in it when uh when we when we see what happens. Um, well, speaking right. of overtime, I want to get your opinion on something. Uh, Troll and I always argue. Would you consider an overtime loss the loser point or a tying point? Um, I would say it's the oh, probably the loser point. <sighs> yeah. Well, thank so you. Thank I, you. <laughs> I always tell him before there was overtime, like there was a tie at a point in NHL history. So it's the equivalent to that, but really Mm -hmm. the winning team just gets the extra point and he just thinks I'm full of it. (laughs) You know what? Polly is always the optimist. I'm I'm definitely a nice way to look at it. (laughs) Very nice way to look at it. I I don't know. I just think that you win the win, you know, you, you, you get the points, you, another team, it's nice that they can get something for their efforts, but um, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, just a win-loss, win-loss game. Yeah, still stings as a player. Yeah. Oh yeah, it stings big time. Especially if you've been up all game, and then all of a sudden they've uh, and they. It, it, I guess it is nice if you if you if you lose a game and you still got a point, you're kind of just like, eh, you know, at least we got a point, and you're just off to the next one. But if you if you know that you're getting nothing if you don't win this game. I think it brings you to another level where a little bit more of a care factor goes in there. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've heard a lot where players have come out and said like, sometimes we play for overtime. Uh, yes. You know, and, and that, is that true? Like, uh, you know, if it's maybe a close game going into the third, uh, there's a bit of turtling going on just to get that point and then go from there. Is that, is that something that happens? I mean, as far as like actively, that's the coach's strategy coming into the room, like going into the third. Um, not not necessarily going into the third, but with like minutes left in the game, five six minutes, whatever. If if you can see the other team is is just buzzing and you're have, you're just barely holding on, sometimes it's like okay, let's let's just get this game into overtime and and then we get get to reset or whatever. But um, yeah, it's not not doesn't usually happen too much before that. So gotcha. uh, I think I think teams would 
100% approach things differently though. If, if there was no point, um, if you're a team that's good and good, typically three on three, then sure. You still just hold on and wait till you get to three on three and then, and then take your chances there. But there's some teams that are not good in the shootouts and not great three on three. And you probably want to push a little bit harder five on five, if that were the case, but I don't know. The, the, the three on three overtime has been so much fun to watch. It's oh, yeah. just a blast. Yeah. I think that was a good, good move by the league to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't really care. I'd still say, I'd still say it's maybe the loser's point, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, to, you know, to your point, the person who I remember distinctly kind of saying, uh, reading about that, it was Taylor Hall who said that, that, and look at the teams that he's been on in his career. So, you know, coming out, uh, the gate in the first period saying, Oh, Hey boys, let's get it into overtime. Uh, I could see that happening, but for maybe you, the caps, where we're, we're trying to win every game, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a thing, right? Uh, because the Caps have always been super competitive, at least for the past decade plus. So, uh, makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we should talk about what probably everybody who logged on to listen to us in the beginning, who've now left, want to want to talk about here. But that's okay; they'll turn into the podcast. Uh, uh, trade deadline, man! Holy smokes! Um, so I think I should just rapid fire these off, and if anything kind of like piques your guys' interest, uh, we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to our awesome episode number 36 with Iron Man himself, Carl Alsner. If you want to hear what he has to say and what we have to say about the Capitals moves and all of the trades really in general that happen across the entire league, tune in on Thursday where me and that snack, Polly Cupcakes. That's me. (laughs) We'll be discussing anything and everything revolving the trade deadline. Uh, Anthony Mantha, Jacob Verona, all the fan favorites, uh, and how they're gonna, how they're gonna affect the team moving forward. So again, thanks a lot for checking us out on the Hockey Podcast Network. Until Thursday, it's Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>